Today on Mentor Moments, we are welcomed by LPC and CRC, Miranda Cardinale. Honesty has really just been kind of the thread that I pull through everything um, and just make sure that I'm very transparent with everybody that I come in contact with. Miranda is the owner of Osage Valley Counseling. We are ready to go. Okay, Miranda, we would love just to hear a little bit about you, your career, what makes you you, um, a little bit about you know what has brought you to where you are today. Sure, absolutely, and thank you for having me. Um, I graduated Maryville University uh, from the rehab counseling program back in 2017. Um, I did become certified as a rehabilitation counselor. Um, started working for a nonprofit agency in the substance use field, and I did that for a few years. My clinical supervisor actually turned me on to EMDR therapy, and so I, I transitioned over to really specializing in trauma. Um, I opened my group private practice last year, October of 2021, and currently working on my certification um, as an EMDR therapist. Wow. So for, for our listeners that know nothing about EMDR, can you give us a little, a little bit of what that means? Yeah, absolutely. It's eye movement desensitization um, and reprocessing. And so it, it's really a manualized type of therapy that works re- uh, directly with the brain um, to try to get those past traumatic experiences to process appropriately and, and to kind of store and consolidate um, in the brain where they, where they need to be so that they're not impacting um, current experiences and current life. You, you said you got turned on to that by your, by your supervisor. So what, what, how did, why did you connect to it? How did it speak to you? And yeah, it really, um, it really spoke to me because it's so structured. Um, I really, I like following steps. I'm very kind of black and white in my thinking anyway. And so EMDR provides that for me. Um, and then with the aspect of helping people overcome their trauma, um, it's something that I'm passionate about. So it, it was kind of a win-win um, to go in and start training with EMDR and, and move along into my certification. Awesome. So when, when, do you, when should you be fully certified? I will be done with my certification, I'm hoping by November of this year. Awesome. So a few awesome. more months. Yeah. What, do, what does the training look like for that? Yeah, and actually, so I did my basic training right at the beginning of the pandemic. So I was lucky enough. I, I, I'm through, um, I'm doing EMDR consultants through Kansas City, Missouri. So I was lucky enough to be one of the last group of people to do in person uh, for the basic training with them. And so right now, the certification process is all virtual and we do a group consultation um, each month. Um, and part of our demonstration, you know, we have to do a live demonstration. And so that's virtual as well. Right. And pro- anxiety provoking, right? Right. You're, you're reporting <laughs> yeah, somebody, and, right. Kind of just like back at school again, right. You're being evaluated, but, but yes, hopefully for the learning and it's, it's a good outcome. Yes, absolutely. 
Well, so you also mentioned starting your own group practice. Like what, what led you in that direction? What was sort of turning inside of you saying that was the next path for you? You know, and I, I started solo in the beginning um, and didn't really care for it. I like having other clinicians around me to collaborate with and to talk to. So that aspect of solo practice into group practice is really where that transition took place. Um, but really a group practice because I, I like being able to specialize in a specific field um, in targeting, you know, a, a really specific niche of people that I enjoy working with and that I feel like I can help support. Hmm. I'm curious of if there is like a, a central population that is that area works more with, or is it a very wide, broad area of individuals? You know, and that it's, it's really been a very broad area. Um, I've always kind of worked with adult population. And in the past nine months, I've really gotten into working a lot with the younger adolescents. Um, so that's been very eye opening and very rewarding. Like I, I love working with the adolescents. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So we'd love to hear, you know, if there's anything about you that maybe we wouldn't expect um, that has helped you in your profession through, you know, all the experiences that you've had. You know, and I, I kind of pondered on that question a little bit. Um, I asked a couple of of my colleagues, you know, what's something about me that, that kind of stands out to them. Um, and both of them said the exact same thing, which I don't know if it's uh, something that many people don't know, but um, they both said honesty. Like I, I tend to be very honest in my therapy approach, but then also with the clinicians that I have on staff with me and my clinical supervisions that I do with them. So honesty has really just been kind of the thread that I pull through everything um, and just make sure that I'm very transparent with everybody that I come in contact with. Well, I mean, that obviously makes makes sense that, I mean, you again, I well, again, I see that with empathy and unconditional positive regard that that if you're sort of honest and upfront and, and whatnot, that that people will see that as, as well versus yeah. kind of trying to fake it in some some way and not being real and genuine, especially with adolescents. Now that I'm thinking about it, because like, I feel like adolescents uh, they can they can pick up on honesty and if someone's being fake or that there's not integrity they can pick up on that like so absolutely. easily <laughs> absolutely it definitely helps to just be genuine and and kind of talk to them like they're human you know exactly don't, you don't have to sugar sugarcoat anything so i guess sh sh kind of leading that way share some great things about your practice or you know maybe some of the highlights you've had work working with kind of your clients we, we again love for you to Give again a shout out to your practice so people learn about you. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I first and foremost, I have a wonderful clinical team. I didn't, I didn't really understand how daunting the task of hiring um, individuals could be, um, and was really nervous about you know who I would get in here and if they didn't work out, like what I would do. Um, and so I, I feel very blessed to have the clinical team that I do have. We all have a foundation of treating trauma, but everybody has their own niche. So, you know, I have Greg who works with couples. Um, Dana is another one who is EMDR certified and she really enjoys working with mothers and, and kind of focusing on the infant loss and grief. Um, and then Erin is my child 
therapist. Um, so she, you know, youngest is three years old. So she does really phenomenal at working with that really young um, generation of children. And so all of us together have have really had a lot of fun doing this. They came on board with me before I even, you know, opened my doors. And so we've we've kind of grown together and, and they've definitely helped me um, in, in getting my practice up and going. I love that. I, I'm sure that they probably all have different styles too. Um, I'm sure yeah. it's a very diverse um, area of expertises and different styles of therapy, I'm sure. Oh, definitely, definitely. And we work very well together. We collaborate regularly on, you know, cases that we get that, you know, might need a little inside help. I know Erin especially has helped me to become more confident and comfortable in working with those younger adolescents because that's what she does. That's where she shines. So, um, so yeah, it's been, it's been really nice having a group of passionate uh, clinic, you know, clinicians that are working alongside me. So in, in addition to, you know, that, the, that daunting task that is hiring people, what would you say would be like it, one of the first um, like hills that you had to climb in terms of starting your, your practice? What was the, like one of those first things that you just, that was tough and difficult, but you made it through and it made, it made the whole situation a lot easier, I suppose. Um, with the hiring process, is that? Or I, I suppose just any, any part in like starting your practice. Anything? What's that first um, hump that's just kind of tough to get, to get started, yeah. I suppose. It was really, um, it was really difficult actually transitioning from solo into a group practice. Um, I wasn't, you know, I, I'm kind of learning as I go. And so just the legal side of it and getting credentialed with insurance companies and things like that was, um, was actually very difficult. So, you know, if I could go back and, and redo it again, I would maybe weigh out pros and cons of solo practice versus group practice and, and be confident in my decision up front. That way I didn't have to go through, you know, the transition, but um, ultimately I learned a lot um, and made it through. So Makes sense. Yeah, I think it's some nice advice there. And I know we'll probably have a lot of listeners sort of um, maybe are maybe a year or two behind you, right? And so that, that right. will definitely be be helpful. Yeah. Um, I sort of want to take a, a jump back because some of those things that you were talking about is sort of life professional issues, you know, we've talked about in class. So really just like you're saying, and just we're I don't think we ever stop feeling graining gaining in our confidence in in again whether it's increasing your scape, scope of practice and I know sometimes we talk about it in class as sort of this imposter complex or we feel the weight of oh my god I'm going to be working with somebody and they're really counting on me can can I can I do it um the, the value of sort of that group supervision. I mean, I know we always talk about have a good supervisor, you know, make sure he has a good team together to talk about, you know, issues. Um, so I know I kind of gave you a couple of different things to, to kind of chat about, but, but feel free to, I don't know, just say what comes to your mind. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I am, you know, I, I'm a part of groups on the social. So I get a lot of like networking and, connection with other colleagues and professionals in the field. And I think that has been the biggest thing for me because it's not, you know, just like doing group therapy, you know, it, it helps for me to realize I'm not the only one going through this. Like other people, you know, have failed in certain aspects and they share, you know, that experience and what that was like for them and what they did 
to kind of overcome that. Um, and so just stories like that and, and hearing where other professionals um, are at in their you know, private practice um, has been very helpful. Um, and then as well as you know, some of the professional organizations uh, that back me up as well um, are there for a support. And I know, you know, trainings and, and just extra knowledge and things like that, I can always fall back and, and look there as well. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I'm glad that you brought that up because that was, that's a good segue into my next question, which is um, how did you get involved in professional organizations and um, how has that impacted your practice? Yeah, well, and um, so right out of Maryville, you know, one organization is the CRC, the Commission on uh, Rehab Counseling. I've been a part of that for almost five years now. Um, and so that has been, one, a lot of the trainings and stuff that, you know, have to go through the CRC approval process. Um, I know I can go there to find those. But then, two, you know, I'm also a part of their database. And so somebody can look me up and, you know, look for a CRC counselor in their area. Um, and so I'm also a part of the EMDR International Association for that same reason. I'm a part of their database, um, connecting with other professionals on there. They have a community platform. So it's been it's been really nice to have that support available. Yeah, I know you and I, not that we have an email, but I think we primarily stay connected through LinkedIn and then kind of reaching back and forth. So I know that's not necessarily, a, obviously, a counseling organization, but again, we <laughs> Obviously, there's there's that network as well. And for all those students listening, mm. connect with me on LinkedIn. <laughs> that way, I, I can I know where you are, right, and where you're working, and what yeah. credentials you have. So when I need to, yeah, LinkedIn is great. Yeah, update that, all that kind of good stuff. So, yeah. I'm still curious about EMDR because I, I there I understand like the connection between the the body and the brain, but I'm so curious about like the eyes. I never I never think about yeah. about how the eyes are connected. Could you fill me in a little bit more on like the connection that there is between like the the, the memory system and brain or eye movements? I'd love to hear yeah. more. <laughs> so and it's more about the bilateral stimulation. So you can do eye movements, you can do tapping, um, or even auditory. They can wear headphones and and kind of have the beeping back and forth. So it's more about the bilateral, it's stimulating uh, the left and the right hemispheres of the brain. Um, and so what tends to happen when something traumatic happens and you feel stuck, it, it pauses that natural healing process that would normally take place. And so usually that memory or that experience, gets kind of stuck on that emotional side of the brain, um, on the right side of the brain. And so, you know, people long-term, you might hear, oh, I still feel like it happened yesterday. Um, and they just really are impacted in their day-to-day -day life by that traumatic experience. So that, as a clinician, tells me that that experience is kind of stuck. It didn't go where it needed to go. And so EMDR is, again, you know, that manual process of helping them stimulate the left and the right hemispheres of the brain while they're focusing on that negative target. Um, and it helps it to move over to the logical side of the brain, their left side, so it can consolidate um, and be stored away properly. And so if you think of that REM state of sleep, like we hit REM state um, and we're processing through our experiences throughout the day, that's the same kind of concept with EMDR. That is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think we now we know episode two, yeah. the final one, right? This, a, deep, a deeper dive, right? Mm. So. 
Well, we, we've come to the time. Now we want to turn the mic over to you, Miranda. What What is this sure. great, I mean, we're, Brayton and I, we didn't get any sleep last night waiting to hear your tip, your mentor moment. So <laughs> what what's this great words words of wisdom you have for our listeners? Um, you know, I I really think it's gonna be just don't don't ever give up. Like don't don't let that anxiety stop you from doing something that you really want to do because I was I was really nervous transitioning into private practice, especially going solo. Um, but I did it. I connected with other professionals and other people who had already been through that process. And so, you know, I, I pushed through that anxiety, really got out of my comfort zone, and I, I would not go back for nothing. Um, I absolutely love it. So definitely just don't don't let the anxiety or the nervousness stop you from doing what you want to do. Yeah, we learn from risk-taking, right, that there's some personal <laughs> growth in sort of just closing your eyes and doing the leap. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Well, we, we thank you. It's yeah. been a great episode and we look forward yeah, to you. uh, your future success. Thank you so much. I've always been interested by EMDR. Like I know like little bits and pieces of it that I, I get from like podcasts and other like conversations I have with people, but I think it's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, I just love the, when you find something you're connected with and then sort of throwing yourself in it to get better, knowing that it's going to have a, an impact on the people that you're working with, mm -hmm. you know, and again, I just know sometimes, you know, in courses, we talk about having that, the therapy, the counseling fit with your personality. And obviously then that the person you're working with needs to have that match as well. But mm -hmm. then again, when that all comes together and, blossoms yeah it's very cool i and like the fact that she wouldn't have discovered that if it wasn't for like her supervisor yeah just the value and importance of having a good supervisor and now as also as she said just having great colleagues to mm -hmm. sort of work with and banter ideas back and forth although she didn't say it i'm sure that's you know a lot of ethical dilemmas as you're sort of kind of it's a good place to kind of go through that as well yeah, I, I think I can only imagine what it would be like hiring because like that now you're utilizing a whole new set of skills that I think are very CRC centered um, that are like in, in the hiring practice and figuring out, you know, what what kind of people do I want on my team? That's a big that's a big thing right. to tie, to kind of tackle, I think. So. Well, especially I mean, there's maybe when you're hiring somebody for a, a business, but when it's your business, mm -hmm. right, because they're obviously then representing yeah. you as well because like they're representing you they're representing the business and then they're and then you have to think about the clients that you're working with how will how will the not only how how these employees work with me but how will they work for my clients that's oh that's tough very cool though yeah well so cool. yeah it was great having miranda on our show and again maybe we'll we'll have her back mm -hmm. with uh maybe other guests that that have started a private practice and maybe we can have a, a more in-depth show about things to think about uh, in starting your own private practice. For sure. So if you're listening to this, that means that you're listening to Mentor Moments. That means that you're probably listening on either Spotify or Apple Music, or maybe you're listening some other way. Uh, we just want to recommend that you continue to listen. Uh, tune into some of our previous episodes um, and stay tuned. Subscribe to us um, because we'll have plenty more episodes coming your way as well.
In addition to the podcast, we have two other ways for you to stay connected with the Missouri Rehabilitation Association, Eastern Chapter, and Maryville University's Rehabilitation Counseling Program. We are proud to announce the creation of a YouTube channel and a blog. Both the blog and the YouTube channel will have all things related to the Missouri Rehab Association Eastern Chapter and Maryville University's Rehabilitation Counseling Program. Check us out.